0: Thank you for connecting to the media product of LifeGate Church. Pastor Brian Gallardo prays as this product goes out into the nations that it empowers your faith, stirs your spirit, and pushes you towards your God-given destiny. For more information, please go to www.lifegatekc.org. You just lie, look at your and say, We came to do two things today, to lift up Jesus... And to empower the church. Amen. Amen and amen. Grab your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm chapter 8 and verse 9. Praise team. Y'all slayed it today. My goodness gracious. If you have a Bible, show me remain standing and we're going to read Psalm chapter 8 verse 9 and then we're going to greet each other here in a second. Psalm 8 verse 9 says this, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Let's all say that together this morning. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name all the earth now i need you to remove this, the the daylight savings time sleep crusties out your eye and we're going to say it again like we're awake you ready here we go oh lord, Our lord is thy name father i thank you father i thank you for helping me to communicate the word of the lord today Lord, i pray that you help us to become a better church not just a bigger church but a better church Lord, I'm so thankful, Lord, we're getting ready to embark here in the future on building a new sanctuary for our people. But I pray before we get there, you would build a good people. Lord, let us be focusing on building people, not building building. And today I pray that that would be that message that helps people to build bigger. Work on our character, Holy Spirit. Help us to be people of character, not just shouters, but people who have a character. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And the people said amen and amen. Can you do me a favor? Can you go find a couple people and love on them? Welcome them to LifeGate Church before we get into the message. I'm going to give you like two minutes, maybe three minutes. a love on somebody. Welcome all the new time members and the first time guests, second time guests. Those you may not know, love on somebody. Hey, online campus, do me a favor today. Can you hit that share button? Let's get this feed out there and let's get some people watching and generate an audience today online as well as we are so thankful that you tuned in this morning. Five, four, three, two, one. Come on, put your hands together just one more time. Good job, Tiger Man. <laughs> oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent. Somebody shout the word excellent. You got to push your neighbor and say, hey, we participate around here. You got to shout excellent. Excellent. Hey, by the way, we have a couple. We have a couple of family members in the church today. I wanted to recognize them. We, Lee, 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 la, la, Lee, uh. I don't know why I want to call you Leanne. Leah came all the way from Toledo, Ohio, just to be in church today, and we're so glad to see you this morning. And uh, she got married, and they went back to her hometown in Toledo. But we're glad you're here, and it's so good to see you and catch up a little bit. And then my mom is here on the front row this morning. Everybody say, hello mother. hello, mother. We're so glad she's here today. And uh, she's a little sweetheart and she's funny as can be. She, she, my mama got these one-liners and she's just funny. But if you get a chance to love on her and greet her before you leave, make sure you do that. Uh, she would love to get to see you and hug your neck and, and uh, hear your name. Also, I, I just seen Travis come in the back and we want to congratulate him and Miss Kristen on their brand new baby. That's the 13th member that we're adding to the church. Her name is Ryan. And I can't wait to meet little Miss Ryan and love on her. And it's going to be a blessing that I'll get to, de- I'll get to dedicate her to the Lord uh, here pretty soon. And so we're so thankful for that. And we congratulate you, uh, Brother Travis. I want to thank everybody who reached out to Miss Kristen and blessed them uh, during this time. Because she, the, the baby came early. And it was a little scary there at the beginning. Uh, but with the, with the prayers of the saints and the servitude of the saints, baby Ryan is doing really good. Mama's already home. She's feeling good. And we just want to make sure that we continue to pray for their family, uh, that, little, that little Ryan gets out of all the little things she's got to get out of, all the little obstacles. And, uh, but Travis told me just yesterday or Friday, he said, she's doing great, Pastor. And I'm so thankful for the prayers of the saints. Okay, let's talk about the spirit of excellence. We've got a lot of ground to cover before we get out of here today. But the word excellent, I'm going to just recap here for a minute from last week. The word excellent means beauty and dignity in an impressive way. It means majestic, outstanding, super good, over and above, and it's another word to define something that is world class. Somebody say, the Lord is excellent. I think we can all agree that the Lord is excellent. If you go out on a clear night in the summertime and you look up into the stars out in the country, the beauty of the stars can kind of take your breath away because the Lord is excellent. If you've ever traveled all the way down to Sedona, Arizona, everybody been there before? I mean, it's absolutely stunning. You need to put it on your bucket list. It's one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. People go there to hike the trails and to look at the beauty of them red rocks because the Lord is excellent. People will take family vacations. To Sarasota, Florida, or to uh, Niagara Falls, or to uh, California, to look at at Laguna Beach and the mountains at the same time, because the Lord is excellent. I thought the same thing when I saw my wife for the first time. I said, Oh, Lord Almighty, I know that you are excellent. Here's the good thing about God. Here's the good news about God God is not a sloppy God. He, he, He doesn't have things held together with Christian bumper stickers and duct tape, He doesn't have rusty halos and patchy wings. That's not our God he's never sloppy, he's never messy, and he's never late. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Now, if we believe that he is an on-time God, and you and I came out of him, and we were created in his image, then we should do what God does. If God is excellent with the things he does, look at your neighbor and say, we should be excellent as well. Now, Jeremiah, excellence is not perfection, and perfection is not excellence. The word excellence simply means, in human excellence, that we do our very best with what God put in our hands to do. We got to do our very best. You know, I try to dress my very best, brother Chris. And a few weeks, few days ago, this didn't work out very well. Uh, I, my, my my wife and I went to bed, and I forgot to set my alarm. And we get up about six o'clock in order to get ready to take Olivia to school. I drop her off, or my wife drops her off. Then I come straight to the office. And so my alarm didn't go off and Olivia comes into our room and she said, mom, daddy, it, we got to leave in like two minutes. And so my wife woke me up cause I was still sleeping. And I said, what? She's like, babe, you got to leave in two minutes. So I jumped out of bed. I ran into the closet and I got fully dressed and I, I took her, took Olivia to school, which was 25 minutes one way. And then I went to the office, which was 25 minutes another way. And pastor Margie, when I got out of the car, I pulled my leg out of the car and I looked down at my pants and I thought, my pants have shrunk in the washer. Let's throw this picture up here. They were so tight and so short, I was looking like a hipster on steroids. I mean, I mean, it looked like I was wearing leggings. And I called my wife. I said, babe, I'm pretty sure you shrunk a pair of my black pants. I said, can you bring my other pair of black pants? She's like, for sure. So she gets to the office. So there's another 25 minutes go by. So an hour and a half, I'm wearing these pants. She gets to the church, and she says, babe, come here a minute. She said, look at your pants. I said, well, why are the pockets sewn? My pockets shouldn't be sewn. I took off my belt and looked at the buckle. It said Maurice's. I said, Maurice's? Y'all, I have put my wife's pants on and have been wearing them for an hour and a half. All I was trying to do was be excellent and presentable, but sometimes we miss it. Come on, church. Because excellence is not perfection. Excellence is doing the very best with what God puts in your hand to do. Y'all should live with me. I'm a mess. I'm telling you. But sometimes we actually nail it, and we do it right. A couple weeks ago, we had uh, on our street right down here, there was a standoff. Some of you might have seen it on the news or me on the news, and we had a standoff right down here. I I shouldn't say we had a standoff. The police officers had a standoff down the street here. And so we woke up in the morning to alerts on our phones that, that there was, there was tons of police officers and law enforcement parked all over our property in the grass on the parking lot. And what's well, not really grass, it's other things, but you know, it looks, you know, and so, so, uh, so we get to the church. I told my wife, I said, Hey, I want to get there early. I want to serve them. Cause I don't know what's going on. So we get here to the office and brother Matthew was with me and my wife came and Alex came. Justine came. Pastor Janae was here. I know I'm missing somebody else. Duran was here. And uh, and I said, guys, let's serve these officers. So we set up a makeshift table with, with stuff down from the store. We had, we had you know, uh, 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 rolls and, and, uh, and some gum and mints and chips and energy drinks and fresh coffee. And those police officers started coming in the building and leaving the building. We were able to pray for about 20 different police officers, and they were really impressed by what we did. So they sent us an email this week, and I wanted to tell you what it said because we're doing things in an excellent way. Um, This is from, this is from the captain of the Kansas City Police Department. Here's what he said. Hey, thank you so much for opening your church doors and taking care of so many people. Uh, you all went over and above with the drinks, the snacks, the gum, et cetera. And I was really impressed with all the various energy drinks and coffee, knowing we had, a, had personnel that had worked all the way through the night and were, were tired and well into the following evening. I would also like to compliment you on the building. It's awesome and it looks great. I can't thank you enough. I'm gonna share this story with my staff and make them all aware of what you did. So, a couple days go by, and then Pastor Janae gets another email. Here's what it says. The Kansas City Police Department is incredibly grateful for the help you provided on the 1st and the 2nd of March. Our Chief of Police would like to present your organization a certificate of appreciation at our Board of Police Commissioners meeting. (laughs) It's not perfection. It's just doing the very best with what God put in our hand to do to be able to bring change and ministry and influence in the city that God has planted us as a church. Aren't you glad you go to a church that is filled from the top to the bottom with the spirit of excellence? Look at your neighbor and say, that's pretty excellence. Now, excellence matters. You see, excellence matters to God. Excellence matters to people and excellence definitely matters here. Let's all say this out of our mouth together. One, two, three, go. Excellence matters to God. Excellence matters to people. And matters here. Now here's what I've learned about excellence. If you have an excellent spirit, this will cause the right people to pick you for the right opportunities. But if you are unsatisfactory, it will cause the right people to pass by you and make you miss the opportunity. Here's what I know about church. Praying in tongues isn't enough. Shouting as loud as you can isn't enough. Come on somebody. Doing it doing it uh, exuberant and full of charisma isn't enough. It's not good Anointing, and it's not good tongues that build a church. What builds a church is excellent administration. That's what builds a good church. Come on. I've seen churches fill. that they might have 20 people in their midst and have preachers that can paint. They can preach the paint off the wall, and they stay at 20 members. And I've seen churches that run thousands, and the preacher couldn't preach himself out of a paper bag, but they're very administratively gifted. Well, praise God, we got both here. We got good preaching, and we got good administration, and excellence matters to God, to people, and this house. Look at your neighbor and just say amen, neighbor. Amen. Now, we can see this in the Bible. Daniel chapter number 6, verse 1 through 3 says this. It pleased Darius. Darius was the king. They had taken the people of God into captivity, into slavery. And the Bible said it pleased the king to set over the kingdom 120 administrators to be over the whole kingdom. Now, this was his people. These were were people in exile. These were his own people. And over these, three governors, of whom Daniel was one, that the administrators might give an account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel, Daniel now, he's a man of God. He's a man that follows the way of Jehovah. He believes God, believes in God, is a, is a preacher of righteousness, is a prophet of God. He is a man of God. And here this Daniel, the Bible says, distinguishes himself above all the other governors and administrators. Can you see this? Like there's a king, Darius, and he sees all these governing officials that he puts into authority Authority. But there was one who was above all of them, and his name was Daniel. Well, why did the king pick Daniel? Because Daniel had an excellent spirit. So the king began to think, "I'm gonna set this guy over the whole realm, over all the kingdom. Why? Because excellence matters to God. We know this. Excellence matters to people. That's why the police officer sent this uh, thing to us. And excellence matters here. We are not going to be a salapi galapi church. Come on, we are not going to be church held together with Christian bumper stickers and, and duct tape. We're going to do things with excellence around here and do things right. Amen, church. Look at your neighbor and say amen. Now, this church will only be as good as we collectively make it. It ain't up, to, it ain't up just to me to make this church good. It ain't up to just Ben to make it good. It ain't up to just... They got to practice to make the church good. It takes an effort of all of us. It takes an effort for you to be here on time, for you to be here when you're committed to your time. Come on, somebody. For you to be serving in the department of God called you to serve. It takes all of us collectively to make life gate church. What it is. Amen. Come on and say, Amen. now this is going to require four major things. God showed me this. He said, I want you to tell the people, give them four major things that they're going to have to become excellent in. If I'm going to bring the increase, that's a powerful statement for God to bring the increase. We can't just be faithful. We have to be faithful and fruitful. You can be faithful to something and not be fruitful. God won't give you the increase. But if you're faithful and you're fruitful, God will breathe on a thing, right? So there's four things I want to talk about today. I want to talk about our talk, our time, our talent, and our tithe. Our talk, our time, our talent, and our tithe. Say it with me. Our talk, our time, our talent, and our tithe. Our talk, our time, our talent, and our tithe. Our talk, our time, our talent, and our tithe. These are four things God wants to be excellent, excellent with. So let's look at time. The Lord wants us to be excellent with our time, not just here at church, but as a lifestyle. Excellence is a lifestyle that you adapt to, uh, that you, that you succumb to. And, and time is something we should commit to. We ought to commit to a time. If, if we say we're a part of something, we should commit to that thing. And we shouldn't just commit to it. We ought to be there on time. Come on. We, we should do our best as LifeGate members to be the kind of church that serves. And when we serve, we're there on time. We're there a little early to mingle with the people of God. We're there a little early to mingle on the first-time guests and greet them and love on them and let them know that we see them. Remember, excellence is doing our best. I, my question that I want to present to you today, are you doing your best with the time that God has given you to manage and to lead in in this house that he's given us. Why does it matter, pastor? It matters really, it really does matter to God, to people, and to this house. Can you imagine me as a pastor if I came in to service right now? If I was late and I came right now to preach, and they were just dragging out praise and worship, and it started sounding sloppy because they were doing songs, they didn't really practice because, because I was I was late, I slept in on, on day last. Can, can you imagine what that would look like? That'd be pretty sloppy of me, wouldn't it? It would be unexcellent. Why? Because I wouldn't be giving you my best. I wouldn't be valuing your time. I wouldn't be setting your time as priority. Let's not do that with each other. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor Janae. So, if we're scheduled to serve on the prayer ministry, on the praise and worship ministry, and we stayed up the night before till four in the morning, talking about I just don't feel no anointing. No, you're tired. You want a deep revelation from God? Go to bed. Go to bed, thus saith the Lord. Thus, get your rest so you can refresh God's people. If we don't give God's people the best, why would God send us more people? Okay. If you're scheduled to serve in a department here at LifeGate Church, we're talking to all of our members today, but if you're scheduled to serve in a department and you call on Friday to tell your dream team lead on Sunday that you won't be there on Sunday because you're going to go to a roller skating party and you just would rather go do that, and you're scheduled to serve that Sunday, you're going to put your dream team lead in a panic because then they got to scramble to fill your spot on a department you gave your word to. Excellence matters to God. Excellence matters to people. Excellence matters. Excellence matters, if I can say the word right. Excellence matters here. Now, I'm not referring to people who can't get here. There's people that can't get here. They got to work, that they're ill, they're sick, they're on spring break. All that stuff is fine. I'm I'm talking about our committed time. What we have committed to. What we have given our word that we would be in the house of God so people can be reached, loved, and ministered to. Right? There's people online they can't get here. I encourage you, as somebody who's online, show up to the online campus online. Get up in that chat feed and start loving on people and saying hello to them and greeting on them in the name of the Lord. Amen your pastor on the chat line. When, I, when I'm preaching and, and sweating, you know, like, like you know, I look at a microphone and start sweating. Be there on time. Get in that room and stay. Give that time up to be a part of a church online that can minister to the nations of the world. Here's what I know about people. People will show up to what they value. What we value, we make priority for. How many love the Chiefs around here? Come on, we, we all do. Miss Bree, there are people that will go to a Chiefs game and tailgate at 6 o'clock in the morning for a 4 p.m. game. When it's two degrees outside. Same people will say, oh, we're going to be late to church today. Same people, well, that church is all about the money, have paid thousands of dollars by the time the game's over to pay $60 for parking, $1,000 for a bottle of water, $150 jersey. I mean, you spend $1,000 before the day's over. Talking about, I'm going to come to church late. What we value, we make priority for. Y'all are quiet in here. It's all right. (laughs) I'm talking to the members of LifeGate Church on this morning. Number two, y'all ready for number two? Everybody say, we hear you, pastor. Number two, we must be excellent in our talk. How are we speaking about our church? Well, I speak good of it here. I ain't talking about here. If you entertain slander against your church, you're just as guilty. How do you talk about your last church? It's a good indication how you'll talk about us. How do you talk about your last pastor? Because it's a good indication how you'll talk about us. Is it excellent? It's quiet in here today. I love it. Or unsatisfactory. Are you making church people look good? Are you making church people look bad? Excellence matters to God. Excellence matters to people. Somebody say excellence matters here. Pastor, how do we talk in an excellent way? How do we communicate to each other in an excellent way? I'm so glad you asked the question this morning. You guys are so attentive and always ask great questions on Sunday morning. Um, Ephesians chapter 4 tells us, chapter 4 verse 29 says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Well, what is unwholesome talk? Is it dropping the F-bomb or, or is, it, is, it, you know, is it dropping cuss words? Well, that's a part of it, but that's not all of it. That word unwholesome in the Greek means rotten talk. It, it, it is a picture of a dead body and decay. Now, I would not let any kind of dead body sit up in my house. Disgusting. Because it starts to smell. I can't go in that room no more. I can't engage in conversation in that room because of the stench, the smell, and the rot. Well, that's what unwholesome talk is. It's when you're vomiting trash on people about other trash. Well, then how are we supposed to talk? Look at the rest of the verse. Only talk what is helpful for building others up according to not your needs, but their needs. Ephesians 5.4 says this, guard your speech. Guard your speech. How many of you ever have to guard something in the room? Have you ever had to guard anything? we got security guards in the room, in the church, all around the building. They're guarding for our property. They're paying attention on the cameras to what's taking place outside. They are guarding your family members. There's security guards in the kids' wing right now guarding our kids. And, and they better not come up in here and try to pop off because that wouldn't be good. We, they have people in here guarding for our family, guarding. We should be the same way with words that are coming out of our mouth. We should be guarding what we're saying. We should be guarding obscenity. We should be guarding worthless insults one to another. Well, I don't like what they did. Well, I like. You should be not talking that way. That's unexcellent. That's nonsensical words that bring disgrace upon the body, and they are unnecessary. Come on, somebody. See, so we're talking about gossip, not excellence. I'm talking about excellence. Will we be the church the world wants to come to, or because we can't get it together, they ain't coming here? How do we talk excellent? Ephesians 4.15, speak truth in love. Well, pastor is just too straightforward. I speak the truth, but it's fueled by love. Come on. How do we talk excellent? Ephesians 4.25, put away falsehood. In other words, stop trying to make something look like it's not. How many people you run? 500? No, you got 40. Huh? How much money you make? A million? No, in one year, not 30. Are you married? Yes. And you're not. You're playing hide and go seek and you haven't found her yet. I know. I hear you. Okay. How do we talk in the excellent way? Look at 1 Corinthians 5.11. Look how specifically pinpointed Paul was. He said, I'm writing to you that you must not associate. Y'all know what that means, right? In the Greek, that means don't associate. With anybody who says, hey, I'm a Christian. I go to church. I'm your brother. I'm your sister. But is sexually immoral. But is greedy. Mm. But it's an idolater. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. Here's another cuss word in church. Or a slanderer. A drunkard. Everybody wants to preach about that one, but you missed a whole bunch of words there. Or a swindler. Don't even eat with such a person. Well, how come they don't eat with me? Because you're a slanderer. What is a slanderer, Jeremiah? I had to go look it up. I had to dig through dictionaries in Greek and Hebrew and concordance. Here's what a slander is. It's a two-word definition. Number one, it means to spread complaints against. Well, what do you think about so and so? Well, I think you're a slanderer, so I have to hang up on you because I can't even eat with you. I can't even eat a meal with you. Right. What do you think about it? Well, I think what the Bible says you're slandering. That's what I think about it. That's bold. Speak the truth in love. That's an excellent church. Did you hear so-and-so is getting a divorce? Did you hear that you're a slanderer? Here's the second definition. To criticize in an abusive or angry, insulting manner, which results in harming one's name or reputation. Did you hear about so-and-so? No, but I heard about you, slanderer. We will never be an effective church slandering each other. We will never be a, a, an effective church slandering the church down the street. The church down the street is not our competition, it's hell under our feet. That's who we're competing against. Come on. Come on, somebody. And we we ain't going to have slander up in here. We're going to talk excellent with one another. We're going to encourage each other. We're all fallible. We are all, listen, we all have a little mess on the side. We're all trying to become better Christians. Nobody has arrived. Nobody has gotten that special token that they're this perfect Christian. We have to have enough mercy and grace with each other not to slander people. How we speak about other people really matters to God. How we speak about our last church matters to God. I don't know why I keep going here. How we speak about our last pastor matters to God. Well, what did Jesus say about it? Well, Matthew 3, Matthew chapter 5, verse 37, here's what he said. He said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. How do you talk? When we talk, when we say yes, it's a yes. When we talk and we say no, it's a no. So how we talk of others how we talk to others matters. Why? Anything beyond this comes from the devil himself, the evil one. What did Jesus say about excellent talk? Matthew chapter number seven and verse four. Matthew chapter seven and verse four. How can you say to your brother, let me take their, let, let me take their speck out of your eye when the whole time there's a plank in your own eye. Boy, church folk are notorious. Let me come get that. Let me get that speck out your eye, Ben. you you're, you're no good. I am, but you're not. You're a pastor. You, you should make every decision perfect. I do. Huh? You, 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 you struggle. I don't struggle. And the whole time everybody sees this gigantic two by four sticking out your eye. <laughs> Jesus said to us in Matthew twelve thirty four. for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, Everything we say comes right from here. Everything. If you want to change what comes off your lips, you you have to allow Jesus to change what's embedded in your heart. When when somebody has a lip problem, really, they have a heart problem. What did Jesus say about excellent talk? Well, Mark chapter 8, there's a story about this blind guy. And you have to really understand the manners and customs of the Bible when you read it. And this blind guy had a severe illness. At some point, he lost his sight because Jesus recovered his sight for him, which means he had sight at one time. But in manners and customs of the Bible, blind folk were considered second-class citizens or lesser than. They couldn't work and get jobs, and so they were generally poor people, and they end up begging on the side of the street. And the religious community viewed them as a group of people that had to be being judged by God for some type of sin, thus it move the sight out of their eyes. Matthew chapter number five, verse 22. Here's what Jesus said about speech. He said, anyone who says to his brother, Raka is in danger of hell fire. That's a funny word, Raka. You have to really do some digging on it to find out what the definition of it is. And it really means to call somebody unworthy. Raka was a word that the Pharisees used in that day and time and culture to tell somebody you're not even worth me spitting upon. That's what it means. So, Jesus confronted them to say, if you even act that way, you're in danger of hell. So, what's Jesus doing? Mark 8 He grabs a blind man and he leads him outside of the city. He spits upon him, prays for him, and he receives his sight. Now, that doesn't mean you go spitting on people that are blind. Jesus wanted to show the Pharisees. You may not think that they are worthy, but I come to say to them, you are worthy. Excellence matters to God. Excellence matters to that blind man. And excellence matters here. Are we spitting at people? Are we showing them love? Are we becoming religious like we're perfect or do we become the people that says, hey, I ain't got my act together, but let me speak excellent to you because you are loved and worthy of Jesus. Our time, our talk, somebody say our talent. First Peter 4.10 says, each of you should give whatever gift you have received to others. To serve them as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Everybody in this building, everybody in this room as a church person should be serving in some way. Amen. We should be serving on some department somewhere doing something. Now, Ephesians chapter 4, 11 to 12 says this. So Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors and teachers for what? To equip the people for the working of the ministry. Everybody say, work, work it, it out. out. He gave pastors to equip the church to do the work of the ministry. If I'm a pastor and have a church full of people that don't work, how am I equipping you? I have failed as a pastor. Now, now some people come, they want a microphone. Now, no, no, listen, I'm done. with trying to give people microphone. They want a microphone. Why don't you get a mop for a second? Is your motive to be seen and heard or is your motive to take the load off and serve the people well i want to preach you already got one it's right here i'm the preacher in the church i'm the pastor there's already one i'm the leader there's already one well it's quiet up in here all of well y'all look at me like i'm crazy right you don't realize how many people have told me that. How many people come with that motive? I forget that motive. There's one pastor here called to equip you, lead you, train you for the work of the ministry. Look at your neighbor and say, what you doing? We all got to get engaged and serve. We should be the kind of people that have all of our hands on deck. I believe there's people coming that need Jesus. I believe there's people that are coming that need deliverance. I believe there's people that coming that need Jesus to save them, reach them, get a hold of them, and set them free. But we need the people to help us to work. Look at your neighbor and say, work it out. Look at your other neighbor say, work it out. Yeah. Look at somebody behind you tell them, work it out. Yeah. Now, I don't believe everybody's going to work on a Sunday morning. I don't believe that. Right. Now, now I'm, I don't mean to put them on blast, but, but I'm going to put them on blast. Because you may not see Nick serving on Sunday morning right now. He's going to. I believe he's serving in the, in the, in the LifeGate store downstairs. Yeah. But him and his dad have been coming up here during the day when they should be at work, but they're donating their time and service to the church because they have a craft and been working here at the church, serving the church. That's another way to serve, right? What, what part of the team is that? The kingdom team. Who's the dream team lead? Jesus. Matthew as well. And so I I really believe God, God's really been trying to uh, Make me think out of the box and creative about it's just not Sunday morning. Like, I believe there's going to become multimillionaires to our church that own multimillionaire companies. And they're only literally going to be able to be here once a month, maybe once every six months. And, and they're coming. And their service to the house of God is keeping the lights on, per se. Their service might be to write a $7 million check so we can further advance the kingdom and build what God has called us to build right here and change this city for Jesus. You say, well, they're not rolling up their sleeves. Well, they're they're rolling up their sleeves or writing with a pen in one regard. And so they may not be able to be here every Sunday. We're okay. We're going to give them permission to. And there's people online right now. They feel like I can't be at church on a Sunday morning because I'm, I'm shut in. I don't drive. I'm ill. I can't get literally to the house of God. I want to encourage you. You can get in that chat room and start encouraging people right now. You can take prayer requests right now in that chat room and begin to pray for those people that gave you a prayer request. You could call the office on Monday and talk to Pastor Janae and say, hey, I just want to let you know I'm praying for the churches or any specific needs that I can be praying for. You don't necessarily have to be in the building to be serving in the building. Come on. We all should have our hands on deck and doing our part. Why? Because excellence matters to God. Excellence matters to people. And look at your neighbor and say, excellence matters here. Boy, y'all are, y'all are a tough crowd today. We're going to keep on plowing, though. Number four. <laughs> Not only should we be excellent in our time everybody say time, time. Not only should we, we we be excellent in our talk everybody say talk Not only should we be excellent in our talent, you see, in your talent, you and I got stuff you and I don't have. What I have need of is not in me. It's in another. What you have need of is not in you. It's in another. That neighbor sitting next to you, God's God's got something in them you don't have. And you have something in you they don't have. That's the power of community. That's the power of diversity. That's the power of coming together. It's not to hoard it and be, be Ebenezer Scrooge. It's to give it away. And you only have what you can have to give what you can give the way you can give it that's why you have your fingerprints come on you have your dna you have your mind to think the way you think because nobody else can do it the way you do it because that's how god designed you to be so you can help the world change through the local church time talk talent somebody shall tithe oh we just cussed in church we just cussed in church jeremiah tithe look at your neighbor and say tithing Look at some behind you, say it's not a cuss word. If you're committed to a local church, then biblically you're commanded to tithe. I said commanded by Jesus. Commanded by Paul. Commanded by Moses. Commanded by Abraham. You're commanded to give a tenth of your income. I got three amens, Jordan Gordon. Do you know that in the, American, in the American world that we live in, in the United States of America, the home of American privilege, um, we, we give more money to dog food than we do the church. Americans give more money to Perina than they do, is that the right company, Purina? Dog chow? Kibbles and bits and bits and kibbles and bits. We give more money to dog food in America then we do our local church. Hmm. $17 is the average amount somebody gives to the house of God on a weekly basis. $139 million would be where every faith organization would be at the end of the year extra if every Christian tithed. Women in church, bless your hearts, I don't know what we'd do without you women, Women give more to the church statistically than men. And when a family reaches an income level of $75,000, they go from tithing 10% to 1%. Praise the Lord, everybody. The tithe is God's portion. It doesn't belong to us. It belongs to him. You say, preacher, you're going to talk about money today? Oh, Yeah. We can't, we can't do what we do without money. Well, God is your provider. I know he is, but he uses people. He don't just create money out of, out of thin air. It's the first 10% of our regular income belongs to the house of God. Well, what about net or gross? Well, do you want a net blessing or a gross blessing? Do you want to give Uncle Sam his portion first and then God? Or do you want to give God his portion first and then Uncle Sam? Somebody say I can't afford to pay my tithe. Well, you sure can afford that store bu- that Starbucks and, and, and that Estee Lauder and, and them Jordans and that Fucci that you want to be Gucci, but it's a little cheaper, you know. <laughs> Coach, gets your money. Uh-oh. Michael Jordan, get your money. Herford House, get your money. Dunkin' Donuts, extra skinny vanilla latte, get your money. It's not that we can't give it. We don't discipline to give it. Come on, somebody. The law is all through Scripture. It's before the law. I'm not going to read all these Scriptures. You just got to look them up yourself to put them on the screen. You can take a picture if you want to. But tithing is displayed and commanded before the law. Before actually man, before, in the Garden of Eden, God said, out of all these trees you can eat off of, but don't eat off of my stuff. When you do, your stuff's going to die. It's first mention of tithing. Abraham tithe in Genesis fourteen twenty before the law. During the law, in Malachi chapter three, the Bible said that God commanded, "Will you rob me? How have you robbed me in your tithe and your offering? Therefore, your money is going to be cursed. I don't want my money to be cursed. Do you?" Then, then we see during Jesus, look what Jesus said in Matthew 23, 23. He said, you hypocrites, you Pharisees, you give 10% of your stuff, but you neglect more important mer- more important matters like justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. He was saying, you should be full of justice, mercy, and faithfulness without neglecting tithing. You should. Yeah. You should. Yeah. You should, 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 should. should. And then it's post-cross in Hebrews chapter 7 and 8. The Bible said, here mortal men receive tithe, but there God is receiving them. So he's saying, you give your tithe at church on Sunday morning, but what you don't know is that God is receiving that tithe in heaven. What's he receiving from you today? Is he looking at Gabriel being like, hey, we're not receiving it. Or is he saying, thank you for furthering the ministry of the gospel. Now, Here's the question that comes up because we're pretty, we're pretty straightforward and we're pretty much an open book around here about finances because I, I think that's the way to go. If, if you go to a church and they won't tell you where money's going... I question giving there too, but we're pretty forthright about that. We put our our expenditures online on on our website for you to go view at the ending of, at the beginning of the year, and we leave it up all year long because we want to be people of integrity and character to let you know where your money is going. Amen. We have a board of directors. We don't set any salaries. They do that for us. They 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 say we want to give this bonus out. We want to give this raise. We want to do this. We want to do that. We don't set that for ourselves. That's all set uh, above. But First Corinthians chapter nine verse thirteen and fourteen says this. Do you not know that those who serve in the temple get their food from the temple? And that those who serve at the altar share in what is offered on the altar? In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. Those who have given their life for the gospel should receive finances from those who finance the gospel. Pastor, I just don't know what to think about that. Well, would you work for free? Come on. Can you imagine working for two weeks and you go look at your Bank of America app and it says, nope, I haven't received my paycheck yet. And you go to your boss and say, hey boss, uh, I haven't received my paycheck yet. And he says back to you, oh, you, you know, you should do that out of, out of the goodness of your own heart. Right. No, that would be the last day you work there. Well, well, preachers ought not have nice things. Where did you find that in your Bible? Show me one scripture. Well, you ought to be poor and humble. Poor in spirit and humble. Well, money is the root of all evil. No, honey, the love of money. Money don't have a spirit. It just takes on the spirit of the one who's holding it. Brother, Brother Benjamin, frankly, he's dead. He's dead. His spirit's gone. This don't have any spirit. I can get a crispy bill. It's still worth hundred dollars. I could, I could, you know, pick my nose with this. It's still worth hundred dollars. And you'd still want it. I could use this. I could use this to put in mud and crinkle it all up. I could wipe. I could. I could wipe up vomit with it. I could pick up doggy dookie with it. And you still want the $100. It didn't change this because this don't have a spirit. You have a spirit. And that's why some of y'all can't let this go. Your will is too strong to obey God in tithe and offering. Boy, I don't know about you, but this is good right here. I'm trying to help you. Okay, okay. The tithe goes to pay bills around here. I don't remember how much we spent in lawn care last year. I mean, alone, are, are, you know, are, are, are in the wintertime, the, the gas bills, how much, babe? Shoot a number out. Over $1,000 just for the gas. That don't include lights, ca- cameras, and action. It costs us money to be on, on there, to reach 80 people a week on average, and, and to have 140,000 plays on our podcast last year to reach more people. That's not free. The helicopter candy drop. That's not free. Uh, trunk or treat. That's not free. Come on, somebody. How much was that guitar? Was that guitar free? I know. I know what we paid for this. This was not free. Chris told me that before church. He said, "Pastor, my headphones are dead." I said, "I got another pair. I'll give them to you here. You can have them. They're mine." Those weren't free. But when when we collectively give to the house of God, it takes the burden off of the small so we all can go further in the kingdom. Amen, Amen, church. You say, well, what does that mean to me, pastor? Well, all tithers empower God's work to continue. If you're a tither, shout really loud, amen. Amen. All tithers, those who give 10% of their finances, empower God's work to continue. All non-tithers are hinderers of God's work to stop. When we tithe, we empower the work to go on. When we don't tithe, what we're really saying is, hey, y'all need to stop that. Are you a tither? Are you a hinderer? If you want uncontainable blessing, then you have to let loose of your containable tithe. If you want God to bless you, you got to do what God said. He said, if you bring me the tithe and the offerings, then I will open up the heavens and pour a blessing on you that you can't contain or store. What that means is you got to get a bigger bank account. Diversify your funds. Come on. So in conclusion, excellence matters to God. Excellence matters to people. And excellence matters right here. It matters how you commit to the kids' ministry and treat that department. It matters how you commit to the ushering team and treat that department. It matters how you commit to the praise team and treat this department. It matters how you commit to the prayer team. It matters how you commit to the cleaning team. It matters how you commit to the media team. It matters how we commit to the house of God. Why? Because people are watching us. Will they pick us or will they pass us by based off how we're producing an excellent or an unsatisfactory type of church? I don't know about you, LifeGate, but I say it's time we go higher. I'm telling you, I say it's time we go higher. It's time we say, you know what, Pastor? We're going to be excellent in our time. We're going to be excellent in our talk. We're going to be excellent in our tithe. And we're going to be excellent in our talent. We're going to do the very best with God put in our hand to do it. If that's you out there, you to stand up on your feet and give God praise for this amazing church. Come on.